Thanks for listening to this Grace Point podcast produced by Cave Media and presented by Grace Point Community Church in Decula, Georgia. For more about our church, please visit our website at yourgracepoint.com. That's point spelled with an E on the end, P-O-I-N-T-E. The website again is yourgracepoint.com. That's yourgracepoint.com. Now, here's Pastor Aaron Zielinski. So we've known them quite well for quite a while, and I have had plenty of opportunities to visit with them, but, but you all, this is the first time any of you have had the opportunity to meet them. So uh, Doug and Susan, would you guys just share a little bit about you know, who you are, what your background is, and how you ended up in missions? Well, again, we are Doug and Susan Scott, and we are thankful to be with you this morning. We are natives of Colorado, Grand Junction, Colorado, which is the western side of Colorado. We call it the God side of Colorado. By the way, Pastor Gina and Pastor Aaron was also on the God side, so, you know, they're okay with us. (laughs) We... uh, We were born and raised in the Assemblies of God. I think we both cut our teeth on the pews. That's a good thing, wouldn't you say? Uh, We uh, grew up, shared the same friends, but what's ironic, in a big church, even though we shared friends, we didn't know each other. I came back from being uh, gone for college, and the night I came home, there was a revival at church. My grandmother said, hey, there's a revival. Do you want to go? I said, well, of course. That night I met Doug, and six months later we were married, and we've been on quite the journey that the Lord's put us on. So we are the product of the Assemblies of God, I think, true and true, and God's been good to us. Um, Doug and I were lay people in our church, like many of you who serve with your pastors. We served on the missions committee. I did for 12 years. Doug served on the board. He served as security. I ran a coffee bar and a bookstore. But we were always involved with ministry in our church. Um, We did short-term missions trips. How many people have been on a short-term missions trip? Raise your hand. You know, there's value in that. You get to see what the Lord is doing around the world. But we we were just simple people, working people, living life, doing the best you can. We have one daughter, she's married, lives in Texas, and two grandsons. And we weren't anything special. We were just working people, doing the best we can. But you see, God has a plan for every person's life here. He's gifted each one of us. And at age 46, he said, I have a better plan for your life. And he plucked us right out of our jobs. We'd both been at our jobs for over 20 years each. And he called us to missions. And I'm going to let Doug pick up the story from there. Indeed, uh, the Lord did call us to missions. And, and Susan and I, uh, both, when the Lord called us, we both knew that he was calling us. And we knew that he was calling us to a teaching mission. For quite some time, I had been teaching the classes in our local church for those who wanted to be credentialed ministers. I wasn't credentialed, but I just happened to have a willing heart and a willing hand. So I began to teach those classes. And I I quickly began to understand, even from the classes in our local church, that those that God was calling really didn't know the scriptures. They, They really hadn't studied the Bible. They had a genuine call on their life, 
but they really needed substantial training and preparation before they were ready to preach and to teach the gospel or to even go out and do personal evangelism. Uh, As the Lord prepared us and we began to pray about where the Lord would send us, frankly, I was afraid that being 46 years old, that nobody would want us. And uh, as we began to explore, we went to a, a world mission summit in Louisville, Kentucky, and there the Lord confirmed that we were supposed to go to South Africa. In fact, the, the first few days that we were there, there was offer after offer after offer to need someone who had a master's degree in theology to come and to teach at a Bible school all over the world. And I told Susan one night in the hotel room, I said, I didn't think anybody would want us. Now what are we going to do? We've got like 12 places that have said, please come and teach for us. How are we going to know where the Lord wants us? And we began to pray. And over the next couple of days, one door after another began to shut. And pretty quick, we were left with the choice between Kyrgyzstan and South Africa. And the South African team really embraced us and encouraged us to go and to teach there. And so that's where we began our professional teaching ministry. And we were in South Africa several years teaching. And what I had noticed in my local church was magnified even more when I went and I began to teach South African students. They didn't know the scriptures. Their call was genuine, their salvation was genuine, their spirit baptism was genuine, but they just didn't know the scriptures. Where's my sister from the Western Cape that I spoke with earlier? As I, that's where I was teaching, there you are, sister. We were in the Western Cape and they're just, they didn't know the scriptures. And so it just really began to burn in my heart that biblical education, theological education, how to read and interpret and preach the scriptures so that people became better disciples of Jesus Christ and could be mature in Christ was just burned into my heart just that much more and into Susan's heart. Very shortly thereafter, as Susan and I fulfilled our missionary terms and obligations in South Africa, Dr. Gary Seavers of Global University gave us the opportunity to become full-time faculty members with the university. And he said, you can teach anywhere in the world. Just take your leave and go and teach for us. Take these men and women from all of these different nations that God is calling into the ministry and help prepare them so that they will be good teachers and good expositors of the word. And that's really the story of our missionary journey that has brought us to where we are here today. And so I, two things I really want you guys to pick up, at least just from this beginning, is, you know, they didn't even feel called to, to missions until they were in their mid-40s. Okay, so just because you're thinking, you know, I, well, I wasn't called as a kid. Most people think of missionaries getting called at youth camp or kids camp or something and starting, you know, as their entire adult life. That's not necessarily the case. You know, God calls people at every stage of life because the, the need is huge. And it's not just when we think of missions, we typically think of 
going to reach unreached people groups or just getting the lost saved and trying to get as many lost people saved as possible. Uh, but, but that's not the kind of the niche that God has for them. And that's not the only thing that missions can look like. You know, as Doug and Susan mentioned, they, they're teaching and training other missionaries and other pastors and things through what he mentioned as global university. Uh, we've got a brief video we're going to show here real quick. Uh, and then uh, Doug and Susan are going to explain a little more of what, what they do there with global university. 4,618,749 decisions for Christ. 33% of credentialed and upgraded Assemblies of God ministers in the U.S. academically trained. More than 1 million people studying around the globe. 43,173 churches and house churches planted. What links these numbers is that they're all part of the worldwide ministry of Global University. With a rich history that stretches over 70 years, the mission is simple. Win the lost, train the found, and retain the harvest everywhere. No matter what country, language, or circumstance, GU provides sound biblical training to pastors, church planters, and believers around the world. For pastors in Cuba, earning only $25 per month, now being trained on Kindles. Thousands of student workers planting house churches while they study throughout India. Dedicated learners spreading the gospel to majority and minority ethnic groups in Vietnam. Students training to minister to refugees and immigrants across Europe. Ministers sharing hope to the displaced and needy in tumultuous Burma. Workers evangelizing underground in China and thousands of students risking their very lives, building networks of trained believers throughout the Arab world, and faithfully living out the Great Commission in these highly sensitive areas. Ministry is happening. By God's grace through those He has called, these are kingdom grounds, and these are their stories. Um, as Doug mentioned to you, we are we have changed our assignment from being in South Africa, and we are now a part of a handful of missionaries who have been approved by the Assemblies of God World Missions to serve as global missionaries around the world. We have the privilege of taking the gospel to any country and go by any invitation we receive. What a change from our first missionary journey. Uh, we have been blessed to plant new evangelism and discipleship centers around the world, reaching the lost, and being able to provide them with the training materials they need to grow in the gospel of God. Dr. Scott is high in demand. He is a PhD in apologetics and theology. He can teach anywhere from undergraduate clear up through the PhD level. And the seminaries around the world has the need for people such as him to continue educational paths that they've started. And so for our new ministry as globally engaged missionaries with Global University, we can be in between 7 and 11 countries per year. So, I mean, what kind of countries, what countries have you guys been in uh, recently? Have, has that been a struggle with COVID, getting in countries? Have, have, has that prevented travel? What, what are some ways you've had to deal with that? When the, uh, when the COVID uh, outbreak actually first began, 
a year ago, January, we were in Germany at that time, uh, helping establish a, a school for evangelism and discipleship, uh, actually with Paul and Lori Traver. You, you, I think, Pastor, you know them. And uh, for our U.S. servicemen that are serving there in Germany, and then also a Berean School of the Bible Center in a local establishment there in, in Kaiserslautern. And uh, that really was the end of our international travel up until last month, uh, where we were allowed then again to go to the Ukraine and, and teach a class there, uh, a very controversial and fun class. Actually, I got to teach on controversial issues in Pentecostal theology, which uh, I had a very eclectic group of students and then teaching through a translator and dealing with some of the most difficult uh, uh, topics that there are in theological uh, thought. And the, the wonderful thing is I, I had to cancel so many classes that I was scheduled to teach because of COVID, but the Assemblies of God is letting us reschedule those classes and begin to prepare to go back and begin that teaching ministry again as the COVID restrictions are gradually lifted. Right after we left the Ukraine a month ago, uh, the European Union opened their countries back up for U.S. travelers, so we're able to go to the European Union again. We're also able to go to the African countries again. And right now, one of the most difficult places to go is India, and we actually had to cancel a couple of trips for Global University graduations to India. And, and I gotta tell you folks, that's one of the hottest places in the world, not only for COVID, but for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Global University graduates have planted 30,000 churches in India in the last 10 years. Think about that. Last 10 years, 30,000 churches by Global University graduates. So pray that the gospel will go forth. We're still hoping to go there for some of their graduation ceremonies and to do some teaching. Some of the largest graduations in global university history are, is occurring in India. Amen. So that's definitely some of the challenges you've had recently. Just, I mean, you guys have been on the mission field for, what, 16, 15, 16 years now. Um, what are some of the biggest challenges you've faced in, in terms of missions in general, and what are some of the greatest joys you've been able to experience? I think, like most missionaries that you may have already met, or we'll meet in the future. The biggest challenge as a missionary, of course, is your fundraising. Um, missionaries go all over the world, and we do it based on the funding that we receive from our own churches here in the United States. Even in Bible school administration and Bible school, school teaching services, we go as volunteer teachers to help those fields and stuff. And so for us, I think in our 16 years, we would tell you our biggest challenge is not only raising the support, but keeping our support while we're on the field. Sadly, most missionaries lose about 35 to 45% of their income in the first seven months of their four-year term. And so that becomes a challenge. Um, the other part of that is being able to clearly share our vision with the people that we get to speak with. Missions work is very 
it, it's really a blessed opportunity from the Lord to share in missions. And there's such a diversity of missions and such a need, though, today. And so I think not only raising funds, but being there and having others come to the field and to help the harvest is probably some of our biggest challenges. And just in terms of the, the finances, which... Um, we, we do want to reiterate, you can still give, uh, even though kind of we already talked about the offering, you can still give and designate admissions. We'll make sure Doug and Susan get that money. Um, again, you can drop it still on the box on your way out. You can take the rest of the time you're here to keep filling out the check and just keep adding more zeros to the right side of a non-zero number, and that would be wonderful. Um, but one of the things that they've struggled with that they probably won't share is just in our conversations, Bible school just isn't sexy in terms of uh, missions in the general church world. You know, people love to give to children's things. They love to see children's schools planted and started. And, and people love hearing the numbers. They love to hear how many people got saved and this and that. And, and they're not out there doing that. They're not doing sidewalk Sunday school for kids. They're not out there preaching big revivals. But what they've learned, and one of the things that impacted me the most uh, from previous times talking with them is uh, that was one of the biggest challenges is people getting saved at all these giant revivals throughout Africa. But then when they go back to the village, whoever's the most senior person in the village becomes the pastor. None of them are trained. Maybe none of them even have a Bible. But yet now there's this body of believers trying to grow and somebody teaching them that doesn't know anything about the scriptures. And so the ministry that they do, teaching and training these local pastors and other missionaries in other countries, is absolutely crucial to the advance of the kingdom. And when we separate evangelism from discipleship, I think it's disastrous uh, in the results. And they're doing something that, even though it doesn't attract all the fanfare that most other missions types of things do, uh, I would encourage you guys to not be swayed by that. Let's give big and help them get back into these other countries as quickly as possible now that they're being opened up. It's huge what you guys do. And uh, I know I'm, I'm a huge fan of education, of uh, developing our minds, loving God with our minds. And I just want to personally say thank you for the work that you do for the kingdom. Truly. If, if I may, I'd like to add just a little bit to that, Pastor Aaron. I want to thank you for clearly defining how difficult it is as Bible school missionaries to raise support. Um, I often use the expression, education is not sexy. And all the teens in the room say, <laughs> <laughs> education is not sexy. Selling the idea that we must do not only win the loss, but disciple them is very difficult when it comes to fundraising. But our ministry reaches beyond that. And I want to thank Pastor Aaron and Pastor Gina in their former church. They got behind our Bible project. When we were called to mission 16 years ago, we promised the Lord that every student, no matter what country we teach in, we would give them a Bible. And it's because when we got to South Africa, our students did not have Bibles. And so many people partnered with us through pledge forms just like this and said, I'll sponsor a Bible or I'll sponsor a student. And to, to date, we have been blessed to equip every student we've taught with a Bible in their language, thanks to the generosity of churches just like this who believe in in the discipleship of new believers. 
So how can we, uh, as a church, as Grace Point, and also as individuals, because I just want you guys to know, it's not just churches that can support missionaries. You know, there are, are tons of individuals who fill out the pledge form themselves and send the money in uh, to support them. It doesn't have to be a church that does it. But what can we do kind of personally and corporately to help you guys with what God's called you to do with training people around the world? Well, there's several things. First of all, and, and, and it may sound almost cliche, but we want you to pray for us. Uh, we need your prayers. We need to have prayers that God will keep us in good health, that he will strengthen us. When you're traveling to teach uh, and you're sick, it's very, very difficult. If you're exhausted, it's very, very difficult. So pray that the Lord would give us strength, stamina, good health. Pray also that the Lord would give us favor with national churches, national church leaders, and pastors. You know, one of the most difficult things that we run into is national churches and leaders and pastors who themselves have been very poorly trained. And so you have to kind of override, if you will, and, and hit the delete button sometimes on what they've been trained and taught and try to strengthen their ministries and their preaching and teaching ministries by retraining them in the scriptures and how to use the scriptures and how to be better ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So pray that we have favor with those churches and those church leaders. Pray that we have favor with governments so that we can get visas into the places that we need, that we'll have divine protection while we're there from government intrusion into, into what we're doing. And in many cases that our students will be protected because we do teach often in places where the government is not fond of Christianity and our students can undergo persecution. So pray for all of those kind of things, that God will bring us partners into our ministry that will help us go. Because the truth of the matter is, we can't go back to a full-time teaching ministry and sustain it unless we have good people like you who believe in what we're trying to do by raising up these national leaders to preach and to teach. I'll use my sister again as an example from South Africa. I could stand out on the street corners in Cape Town, South Africa, and I could preach my heart out day and night. And the truth of the matter is, I would have a relatively small impact because I'm an American. I'm not from South Africa. I don't speak the black languages. I don't speak Afrikaans. I barely can speak English. Okay? I'm not from them. The customs, the traditions, the holidays are different. But if you can take me and put me in a classroom full of South Africans or full of Africans or full of people from the Ukraine or from the Philippines and I can teach them, I can train them, I can prepare them, they will go out and do the work of the ministry. They will preach the gospel. They'll plant the churches. They'll do the orphanages. They'll feed the hungry and, and clothe the naked. They will do the work. They just need the training and the preparation. And that's what God has called us to. And if you will pray that God will empower us to complete that mission, we will be ever so grateful. Amen. We also need 
Prayer partner, our financial partners, we've, we've shared a little bit with you about our most difficult thing. And by the way, we did not share our greatest moments. So I'll go back to that in a minute. But we do need financial partners. So we would appreciate the church praying about the possibility of adding us to their monthly support as a supported missionary. And if you feel led by the Lord to partner with us, we would appreciate that. There's pledge forms on our table in the back. We'd invite you to stop by and pick one up, pray about it, and and as the Lord leads, follow that. Um, Doug and I are, we need to raise about $2,800 per month to get back to the missions field. We also have a cash budget of $15,000. And I will share with you, we have been itinerating. This is our 11th month. COVID has changed a little bit of what we have been um, used to when we itinerate. And our cash, cash budget has not been raised at all. We have not received that yet in almost 11 months. So we have a big chore in front of us. We're hoping, Lord willing, to get back by January. The needs for us to be back teaching by January is critical. We don't want to turn down Bible schools. We have an opportunity to start new evangelism and discipleship centers all over in the Virgin Islands. They're waiting on us. We've offered materials, but they want us. And we would like to fulfill that. So we have that huge financial need. Each one of you was given a pack like this. Ladies, gentlemen, I'm asking for help in a different way. I'm collecting jewelry, old jewelry, new jewelry, broken jewelry, unwanted jewelry, beads, tools. I'm using the gifts and talents that I have, that I had and used them for 25 years before becoming a missionary, to raise support for our projects. So... I have asked the Lord to help me because I am in the process of putting together 18 books for the youth to reach our youth for Christ. It's an evangelism and a discipleship series, and I use the sales proceeds from that jewelry to pay for each one of these books. This is my first book. It just came out the end of January. It's called Great Questions of Life for Youth, Searching for Clues. It is written in an interactive way as a detective series that will bring your youth to Christ. The adult version of this book, which is out on the table available for purchase, is called The Great Questions of Life for Adults. Can I share with you that we have documented proof that in the last 10 years, 2 million adults came to Christ through this book? That's a lot to celebrate, and I'm believing, and I'm asking the church to pray with me, because I'm asking the Lord for two million youth in the next 10 years to come to Christ through this book. We've had this book out since the end of January. It's in three countries already, and we are already receiving reports of young people coming to Christ through this new book. So that is another prayer request we have, is if you would partner with that. Pastor Gina will have a bucket that she can collect your your goods, your donations, and she will get those to me. And I really want to say thank you for allowing us to be here and share about that. And as promised, the highlight, the greatest joy of 16 years 
is when we see people come to Christ. There is nothing like seeing people surrender their lives to Christ, grow in the word, and then go back and start the missionary cycle. They accept Christ, they start growing, they go to Bible school, they go back to their home, and they repeat the cycle. They win others for Christ. They mentor them, discipleship them, sponsor them in Bible school, and they see another generation complete that cycle. That is the greatest joy we have as missionaries. That's huge. Um, I think we might have a couple time. If if you guys have any questions for them, uh, we'll take a minute or two and see if you have any questions. Um, While they think about that, do you have any other just kind of words of encouragement for for us or for the people, Um, anything God has on your heart to share? Something that I've shared several times while we've been itinerating with churches, um, and and I I want you to consider this, is the teaching ministry in the church is extremely important. And it's so easy to be led astray if you don't have a quality teacher leading your church. And of course, you guys are extremely blessed with Pastor Aaron and and Pastor Gina. He's a wonderful expositor of the word. But Paul tells us in the fourth chapter of of 1 Timothy that, that the Spirit expressly says that in the last days there's going to be these false teachers who arise in the church and that they're going to lead many astray. And and church, I want to tell you the, the danger for us today is not those outside the body of Christ. We recognize the atheist who's screaming that he hates God or that there is no God. They don't fool you. We recognize the the woman who's had multiple abortions and is screaming that it's her body and her choice and all of these things. We recognize them as unbelievers. You're never going to be deceived by them. But it's that person who comes that says all the right things, wears the right clothes, looks successful in ministry. Everything seems to fit. And he comes with a message that leads you down a path that ends in destruction. He somehow waters down the gospel, begins to accept things that the Bible teaches against, tells us that somehow there's more than one way to God the Father. All of these different things are permeating the church today. People who are describing themselves as Christians. And the reason that Christians fall for those things is they really don't know the scriptures. My plea, my encouragement to each one of you this morning is know your Bible. Know it forward, know it backward. Handle it often. Read it. Take it deeply into your heart and into your mind. God will speak to you through the scriptures. If you want to hear God's voice, read the Bible, know the Bible. If you want to be guarded or guided by God and guarded by God, know the Bible. Put it into your heart and into your mind all of the time because that is the, your lifeline as the Spirit of God works in you and illuminates the scriptures to your mind. You won't be deceived if you know the text. But if you're depending upon someone else to know the text for you, and you're just simply following their directions, it's so easy to be deceived.
So my encouragement, my exhortation today is the same thing that I tell my Bible school students. Know your scriptures. Study them. Work at it. Because that is where the Lord will meet you. Is as you study and imbibe deeply of his word. Amen. Great word. Thank you. Does anybody, anybody have any questions for Doug and Susan? Anything about their teaching ministry or, or what God's called them to do? So Susan mentioned uh, like the $15,000 cash balance or something. I just was interested in what the difference is for that set of funds as opposed to like your monthly support. Like what, what kinds of things would you put that cash balance towards? The, the monthly support that we have is for our personal stipend that, that we get uh, to, to pay our bills and so forth and so on, our own living expenses. The cash budget is there for us to use and to help with projects, say to help out a particular Bible school, if we wanted to give them, say, a digital projector to help with their ministries, that would come out of our cash budget. If we found a, a group of students who didn't have the textbooks that they needed, we could buy them out of that cash budget. If we wanted to buy a couple of cases of Bibles to supply our students with Bibles that didn't have a good quality uh, study Bible to work with, that comes out of our cash budget. So it's, and, and then also, if we have an emergency, say if we have to evacuate suddenly and buy an emergency plane ticket of that nature, that's what the cash budget is for. But the monthly budget is just meets our everyday monthly uh, expenses for living, food, clothes, housing, those kinds of things. And, and the ministry regular expenses like your, your traveling, your normal traveling and things like that are all tied into the monthly, yes. monthly amount. And you can imagine if they're traveling all over the world, global, you know, international travel is not, is not cheap. Um, but it's a huge need. And like I said, they're, they're not just teaching, you know, Sunday school classes. They're teaching master's and Ph.D. level courses to train people to the fullest. And, and part of this, the, the beauty of the, the digital age, as I shared with you, is just a month ago I was teaching in the Ukraine a wonderful group of 30 pastors from several different denominations, and, and they are emailing me their papers now. Okay, and I give them to my translator. They're writing them in Russian. So there, I'm sending them to my translator, and he translates them for me. And, and then I can grade the papers and return them to the students. Well, after we get done with our itineration, when we're traveling from one teaching location to another, I may teach in Guyana, South America, to students there, turn right around and go back to the Ukraine and teach there, so I'm getting papers from my students in Guyana that I'm grading while I'm in the Ukraine or I'm on my way to the Philippines. And the beauty of our digital age is that I can go and spread myself out all over the world and teach these classes, prepare these men and women, and I can grade the papers from wherever I'm at and send them back to the students, correspond with the students, and the Lord has just given us a wonderful opportunity to use technology to spread the gospel that much faster. 
to prepare that many more churches, that many more pastors, so that we can get the Great Commission completed. Think about it. We've got to get this gospel spread to all the ends of the earth, to every ethnic group, before Jesus Christ is going to come for us. And I, for one, want to see it completed. I want everyone that God has appointed to salvation to come to know the Lord, to hear that presentation of the gospel. And if I can train more people, then more people are getting the message. So you guys, are mainly your main focus for your students is pastors and leaders in the church, correct? You don't, you're not like a large evangelist type thing. It's more based on the people in charge that you're teaching? Our, the main focus for Susan and I are people at all levels, whether they're laymen or people who are in professional ministry who are wanting to receive biblically-based, good, theologically sound training so that they can be better ministers of the gospel. Susan was the associate dean for the School for Evangelism and Discipleship in Global University, which is uh, our entry-level basic discipleship program. It's used all over the world to train pastors, but also to train people in churches who simply want to know the Lord better and want to know the scriptures better. There's a total enrollment in that school of something in excess of two million students today. And then there's Berean School of the Bible, of which uh, my brother was, and I was talking about it here uh, just today. There you are, brother. Uh, that trains ministers, particularly in the United States, certified, licensed, and ordained ministers go through Berean School of the Bible. For those that want a degree, we have an undergraduate bachelor's program in, in Bible and theology. And then there's an MA program in, in theology and a Master of Divinity. And right on up to a Doctor of Ministry. So anyone who wants training that has signed up with Global University or is a part of any of the schools that we teach at around the world, they're our focus. If you want the training and you're willing to sign up, we're willing to teach you. I'd like to share just a little bit more about that. The materials that are in the back on our tables, we use that around the world. We have it in 170 countries and we have it available in 130 languages. We continue to work on expanding our languages. And so that again is part of the project, you asked about project. We are constantly trying to reach more and more for the gospel through our, our books and our educational programs. I'm wondering about the book you are marketing for youth, your new clues book. You said it's in three countries. Okay. This book here, again, is a book designed for youth. And when I say youth, I'm very careful because depending on the country, youth age is different than youth age in the United States. But for the United States, 8 to 14 would be a fine uh, age range for this book. It has interactive questions, games that will our, our intent is it leads the youth to make a decision that they need Christ because they need him, not because you tell them they need him. And so for us, we, the first place we had it overseas was in South Africa. We've got it in Germany. We now have it in the Philippines, and we're working on translation. In fact, the Spanish version of this should be coming out soon. But 
it is, um, it's available on the table, it's $7, just so you know. Our second book, I didn't talk about it, but I will share this with you. It's the companion of it. It's called Your New Life. So our second youth book, I hope, is out in October. This one is, Now I've Accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior. But what does that mean? Have you ever gotten a job, you have this new title, but you don't have a clue what that means? When we take people to the altar and we pray with them and they accept Christ as their Lord and Savior and they become Christians, we, we pray with them, we celebrate with them, but they don't really know what that means. This book here is to walk them through the very first steps. It's written in a, a simple, common man's language to help them begin their journey with Christ. This book here, I'm anxious to get the second one out because I think they should always go together, but it is intended for your youth. Did I answer your question okay? What, what I wanted to know what languages it's in Oh, I'm so sorry. I apologize. It's in English. I hope to have the Spanish out soon. It's already been translated. It's in technical edit right now. So English and Spanish first. Um, it costs me between five and six thousand dollars per language. So again, it's very difficult for me to get them translated quickly. French will be the next one. Uh, French is our probably our third in demand language. Uh, Mandarin Chinese would be our next language probably that we'll look at. Uh, um, actually, that's not true. I have German, uh, German, the German translation being worked on right now as well. What language are you hoping for? French. You have our card. Did you get this little pack? If you will email me and just say, this is who I am, this is where I met you, please let me know when the French translation comes out. I'd be happy to do that. So I get the concept that face-to-face, in-person, is always preferable. Uh, however, I guess I was interested particularly with uh, the pandemic and what the pandemic has forced us to do with respect to virtual platforms and in view of the reality that, you know, as you age, do you see use of virtual platforms, possibly even like recording sessions and making them available 24-7 on a platform. Do you see that at all as coming into part of your ministry? We actually have done some sessions, recorded some sessions, particularly at the graduate level, and we've even done some virtual classroom scenarios. Some classes that works relatively well if it's a class that's not uh, that doesn't require a lot of technical detail but particularly the classes like hermeneutics or uh, biblical languages those kinds of things that require a, a, an excruciating amount of detail and interaction with the students it's very difficult to teach those uh, through a virtual classroom of any kind there's just too much repetition and too much of the the small details that get overlooked and the students particularly students from other cultures really struggle with a class like hermeneutics or i probably shouldn't use that term biblical interpretation would be a more a term that more of you are familiar with because you have to work with those texts in, in a very uh close 
reading of those texts and notice the literary features of the texts, you know, the cultural backgrounds and all those things. So those classes that are more technical are difficult to do in a virtual classroom. And the students just seem to excel much better if you're able to teach them face-to-face. And I think that's also something the pandemic has revealed on a large scale. How many schools, you know, students struggled and their grades plummeted when they were trying to learn at home. And, and that's not the school's fault. That's no school. That's just a reality uh, that, that in-person is always going to be better. And I know for myself, teaching some uh, classes on preaching and especially expository preaching, I'll go through the whole class with these students, you know, five or six hours of instruction, and there's still almost a glazed look on their face until we work through a text and develop an expository sermon. And then there's the aha moment uh, from the interaction that comes, not just the course material, but it's the actual interaction of developing it that that seals the deal. Any others? Now, okay, so it's an actual college or universities is that what it is yeah. okay and so it's like any other university a student's got to pay to get in right yeah particularly here in the u.s our tuition is much lower than a traditional university because most of the faculty are missionaries and that means they're not paid by the university their 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 labor is uh comes to the university at no charge um and here in the u.s Uh, the tuitions are much, much lower. However, we do have a regional accreditation. So it is, it's a fully accredited university program here in the United States. It also has overseas accreditations in many of the countries. But because we're missions oriented, and our intent is to take the gospel around the world, uh, the tuition is drastically reduced for our overseas students. Most of our students overseas can study for as little as a dollar a credit hour. Um, uh, you know, and the, the, uh, often the books and things of that nature are even donated to those students because they will come from backgrounds where they simply don't have the money or the resources to uh, have a good, solid, quality theological education. And so we're trying to provide that because we want to see the churches grow strong. We want the churches to grow up and be self-supporting and self-propagating and and that they can take the gospel to their own people in their own languages. And in order to do that, we've got to make the materials and the education available to them at little or no cost. And so with Global University, that's the way we do it overseas. And that, again, is why their, their budget, their monthly budget is so high because they, you know, they've got to be funded through another means so that they don't have to charge these students exorbitant amounts of money. I mean, we know, we know well what, what that's like to see young college students come out strapped with fifty, sixty thousand $60,000 of debt. Uh, it, it's just challenging. But now they're training pastors that aren't coming out of school with $60,000 of debt that they have to make up. Um, they're able to come out you know, and pay for this as they go. Yeah, All of our pastors overseas, well, all of our pastors that go through Global University come out debt-free. We are a pay-as-you-go. And when you're in a foreign country, and again, 
as Dr. Scott mentioned, a dollar uh, credit hour. That's pretty affordable. And even with that, we often will do scholarships to see them get through school. Um, it was mentioned earlier, the travel question about COVID. You know, one of the reasons our budget is high, too, is with COVID, now that they've opened back up, airlines are charging about twice what they charged before. So I think we're facing a new challenge this next uh, term for your term. So that, that prayer is definitely needed with that. But, you know, I think we're seeing inc increased costs as well. But we are committed to reaching the lost, to training them, to preparing them. And so it's our privilege to share with you and let you partner with us. It's our work. It's not just Dr. Scott and I. All of us are charged with the Great Commission. All of us are responsible for reaching the loss. Your partnership just puts you with us on the journey. Thank you guys so much. Thanks for listening to this Grace Point podcast produced by Cave Media and presented by Grace Point Community Church in Decula, Georgia. For more about our church, the website again is yourgracepoint.com. That's yourgracepoint.com. Until next time, God bless you. Yeah.